0: Let's make a commitment. Let's not be like every other couple on the IRT. Will you rob a bank with me?
1: I will, Grim. I will. Hey! I got three
0: more minutes. close, close, bozo. Let's not mess with me today. What the hell kind of clown are you? The crying on the inside kind, I of guess. Fill this up with
1: regular, please. This is our perpetrator. Every kind, every build, red nose, blue hair. It was the perfect crime. Guys! Now... All they need to do is get to the airport. Did we miss the expressway? Getting farther away every second. By car.
0: Oh, we're really making progress now. I saw a sign, Phyllis.
2: Three of them out there shouting with glee.
0: Taxi!
2: By cab. Airport. Look.
0: Great. And Why don't you take us straight to Sing Sing? Hello, welcome to another episode of Rewatchability, part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network. I'm Jay McNabb, joined as always by... Robert Laronde And... Blaine Waters. And we've got a very special episode for you today. I know it's we always, say that every single week. It's always week.
1: special for you, Jay. They're all Love special. It.
0: They're like snowflakes. We flames. drop... We drop a crap one every few weeks, and we let people know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but the- this one sucks. Go listen to a Mark Maron) <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, um, Bobby McFerrin on. I don't know. You're going to say, what the fuck listening to this podcast this week? Just go watch it. This
0: is a special one. And I think we've moved into the phase of the pandemic where mm-hmm. we're now just picking movies that make us happy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think. <laughs> Comfort <laughs> us. And we are going to be talking about Quick Change, the 1990 comedy directed by Howard Franklin and Bill Murray. Whoa. Starring Bill Murray, Whoa. Gina Davis. And
1: Howard Franklin. No, he's not an it, is he? No. Oh, damn it.
0: And, uh, Produced by
2: Bill Murray.
1: Yeah. Don't forget
0: that. He also, also stars one of the Quades. <laughs> we don't talk about that much anymore.
2: <laughs> the lesser Quade. Uh, though Randy's uh, done some shit, too. Didn't he do, like, a shitty Republican video or something?
0: Oh, you mean Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about Sorry, Randy. yeah.
2: Sorry. I. You know, sorry. Yeah. Whenever, whenever they do a bad thing, they turn into the Randy Quaid. When they do a good thing, they turn into the Dennis Quaid. Right. <laughs>
1: they, they are one. They are legion. Yeah,
0: they're just one guy who's yeah keeps fluctuating. Yeah, so this is a big movie to do. Uh, we'll talk about when we first saw it in a moment. First, I do want to thank all of our Patreon donors. Thank you. You can go to Patreon dot com slash Rewatchability and help kick in a few bucks to keep the show going. Uh, it's Means you get the show early and ad free. And uh, yeah, we were talking about, we did a commentary earlier in the pandemic, but we were talking about maybe doing another one, mm-hmm. uh, another movie commentary. So if you join up, you can still get that old commentary and maybe we'll do another one sometime soon. Uh, we did. Because I think that'll be a lot of fun. We did
2: The, the Last Crusade, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade last time. Yeah. Well, that, that was a, and, a big one. So you never yeah. know what huge movie we could
1: talk about.
0: Yeah. Did they make any of any other movies about that guy?
1: Nope. <laughs> nope, that was the final. <laughs> no one. There's none in the works Last either. One. It's just it's just this one. <laughs>
2: no, I hear isn't like Matt, Mads Mikkelsen going to be in the new one? That yeah, gives me a little it's, bit of hope.
0: I, it's Mads Mikkelsen and uh, Fleabag.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I hope that is, I hope that Fleabag is sexually inappropriate towards Indiana Jones. Because that's <laughs> always funny. <laughs>
0: I I, ju- I just love that they're just picking people from TV shows. Yeah, we love. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. It's like they broke into my Netflix and Amazon and just <laughs> selected the right. stars of my like, this is series. Get there, this John Indian M., Indiana Jones
1: dating marvelous Miss Maisel now. Like, what? What's going yeah. on? Crazy. <laughs> oh, God. I hope Phoebe Waller
0: Bridge is not the uh, romantic interest. Me, too. Interest. Yeah. Uh, okay. We've gotten a little off topic. Quick Change, big movie. <laughs> uh, like we talked about. Rob, when did you first see Quick Change?
2: So, I don't think that I saw this one. I think this was okay. one of the ones that uh, passed me by in the night. And you know what? I, in my defense, this was this came out in 1990. I mean, there was like a a fallow period for is, that means bad, right <laughs> for uh, for for Bill Murray. And uh, I don't know. this I don't know. I just missed it. you know, this was before he became like melancholy uh, Bill Murray, before like the wacky celebrity Bill Murray. It just sort of slipped <laughs> under my radar, but we talked about it briefly when we talked about another bank robbery movie over Christmas, Trapped in Paradise, because that also right. has a similar sort of plot, also has some Saturday Night Live alumni. So I, you know, I was interested to sort of, you know, complete that and sort of uh, compare them a little bit. I have to say, this one's a lot better, and uh, no, no terrible Mickey Rourke impressions to uh
0: to weigh it down either. yeah good point yeah. blaine what about you you you've seen this before
1: oh yeah i love this movie and like you said i think we're just doing movies that make us happy this movie makes me so happy i watched this just um a few months ago when i was feeling down i just watched it just to feel comfort and i did and i watched it again for this podcast i just love it i'll, I'll, I'll watch it again tomorrow you know um nice are well, you okay though to work <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna watch it again the next day and then no i'm okay the movie's great i i put so- on my makeup <laughs> <laughs> turn it on <laughs> i'm happy I go to the bank <laughs> I'm I, uh, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> you know those old VHSs with like the yellow stick-on kind of thing on the front where you'd like tape things off the TV. This was one of those. It was on a tape with Outrageous Fortune in My Home the the Bet Midler
0: mm. movie. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Which I also love. That's also, but these were kind of movies that would this would be the tape that I'd put on in the background when like I don't know i was I was supposed to be doing homework or something. I just like put on a movie, and this is one of these movies that was just kinda always on the the rotation at my house that we had taped off t v and I just absolutely love it. I hadn't thought about it in a long while before I watched it in the winter, and I liked it then watched it again now i I can't wait to talk about it with you guys because I think there's there's some interesting things to talk about in this one, but I still think in the end. It's a good movie. What about you, J.M.?
0: I saw it when I was a kid. I think it was one where – I might have talked about this before, but like on one of the local stations, they would play a movie on Friday nights or Saturday nights at like 9 o'clock. And then they'd play the same movie again at midnight.
1: Okay. Uh, right. Often uncensored at midnight. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't get to talk about this when you guys did Miami Blues, but that was I had that experience where I watched it at nine and then taped the midnight version and got a, a vastly different movie. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you would, you would. Yeah, so I did that with this movie. I saw it randomly, loved it, taped it, had it on on a, on a tape. I, what's the statute of limitations on that? Because we both rest. had it taped on the TV. <laughs> but I, yeah, I loved it. I remember a few years after I'd seen it seeing it again in the video store and realizing like putting two and two together. Like I'd seen the video cassette cover before Mm. and didn't realize that that was what the movie was because the poster for this movie is terrible. It's I've never seen it. poster. I've never seen it at all. You've never seen the poster. Oh, it's just them like on a street, but there's all these like wacky things popping in like a street or a street light post and like a giant bagel. And like, <laughs> oh God. It's awful. Okay. I, it I don't remember like, the
2: giant bagel.
0: It's like a nineties, you know, like right. Uh, right. Gimmick restaurant kind of aesthetic. Yeah. It looks like the menu for like a novelty restaurant in, <laughs> in 1989 or something. It's bad. But the point is I, I realized that that's what the movie was. I always loved it. I did see it again about like 10 or 12 years ago. I went when there was still like a a little video store down the street from where I lived. I remember going with my wife and we didn't know what we were going to watch. And just randomly, we were both like, quick change. Let's watch quick change. (laughs) And they didn't have it on DVD. I don't even know if it was out on DVD, but they had like a rack of, you know, maybe 20 VHS tapes or something that they were getting rid of because they were converting all to DVD. And I remember thinking, well, let's just check to see. I'm sure they won't have... Quick Change because it's you know not a huge movie so we went and looked and I remember they were mostly videotapes <laughs> of Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater <laughs> <laughs> awesome which, in, which yeah which in retrospect I should have bought yeah. all of but one of them was Quick Change <laughs> so. I I couldn't believe my luck, nice. so I bought it, and I probably still have somewhere that VHS copy of Quick Change.
1: That's awesome. Um, That's wow. cool.
0: Yeah, and it is. It's, it's... I should mention it is coming out on a Blu-ray oh. at the end of this month. Nice. So and I so I was already thinking about it because I I saw that was coming out. I was thinking about picking up the Blu-ray, and so and Blaine, you randomly suggested this movie, and then on top of that, I. We, started, we were talking about doing this, but we just did a comedy last week. And then I was talking with my wife. I said, what What do you think we should do for the podcast? And out of nowhere, she said quick change. Whoa.
1: It was meant it's to be. Just, that's a lot of it's coincidences. Yeah.
0: But- and she didn't know about the Blu-ray either. They're just putting something in the drinking water to promote this Blu-ray or something. <laughs> you should rob a bank.
1: <laughs> I think I <laughs>
0: that's should. That's what the universe Wait, is telling no. you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's not a movie. I feel like uh, this movie, this one, this episode won't get clicked on a lot. I just feel have that feeling because I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. But I feel like there are diehard fans, and and you and I are, are probably in that uh, in that group. JM, I think people have
0: seen it. I don't know. I yeah, this was a movie for a long time where. It was my go-to answer if someone said like, "What's a good comedy I may not have seen?" And yeah, my answer would be Quick Change. Yeah, because yeah, it kind of went under the radar when it came out, but I think it has had such a cult following in in recent years. Well, I don't that, think that and more and more that I had
2: heard of it other than you guys talking about it, and you know, like oh really? Yeah, yeah this is and, what I mean.
0: Yeah, and like there's something there's something Should we pull under the an and talk about the Matrix <laughs> or something.
2: <laughs> the what? <laughs> I've never heard of that. (laughs) No, but I mean, there's something about this movie that's a little bit under the radar, even though, like, there's a lot of great stuff in it. It has a great cast. It's really funny. But, like, even the title, like, Quick Change, it's not really descriptive or, like, it doesn't pop out at you in the way that, like, a movie that stars, like, Bill Murray and... uh, yeah, Sorry, I mean,
1: on her name. No, Clown Robber just didn't uh, test well with the audiences. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> the no, not I mean, get out of New York movie.
2: Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. There could have been some – there's got to be some like – Something that's a little bit more evocative of like what of like the craziness of this movie,
1: but it's just it just fits the movie so well. Like, not only are they robbing a bank to make quick change, they have to do some quick changes out of costumes in the other costumes. Well, and then they have I to think, make no, I think change there's... to get on the bus, like, and then Bill just, Murray yeah. changes very quickly at the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is true. That is true. But yeah, no, it's, it's for sure the change for the bus scene. Coupled with the fact that that's the whole scheme is you know changing, um, changing out of the clown outfit. Yeah, I think it's a great title. Yeah, but I mean, yeah.
2: it doesn't make it stand out from any number He's, of other like you know generic movies with a robbery, like Trapped in Paradise, or yeah.
0: That's why I mean, they had to put the giant pretzel on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was a bagel. No, I said pretzel.
2: Oh, now that's I'm for
0: <laughs> All right, well let's get let's get into the rundown. Rob, what what happens in this movie? Okay,
2: so it starts on a subway, lots of normal people and a clown, just a typical subway ride happens every day. And uh no, I mean this clown is he's he's not just like it's not a, I'm not insulting him. I'm not saying that this person is a clown, though he is a comedic figure. It is Bill Murray, but he is dressed up like a clown. We don't know why he has the balloons in his hand, and you know he when he gets off the subway it's it's comical because he's squeezing behi- between people who are trying to get on, and you know the balloons are floating there, and it's very funny, but also tragic if you've been on the subway because it's, it's you feel that, but he, he he's going to to a bank. he gets there just as the bank's about to close, and he sticks his giant foot in the door. And uh, this is funny, right? It's a comedy. (laughs) And then... uh, (laughs) But the bank's about to close, but he flashes a gun, and the security guard is convinced to let him in. And he says, this is a robbery. That doesn't really get anybody's attention, so he says it with a little bit more oomph. And nobody really listens, so he, he shoots a couple rounds, and this thing has started. It's a robbery... We've seen this a million times before. We know how it goes. There's hostages, there's, you know, people cowering, there's money that has to go into a duffel bag and all that. Except obviously the clown thing is a little bit different. Though, I mean sometimes <laughs> I mean there's sometimes there's the clowns, the Joker robbed a bank, right? That mm-hmm. was a yeah. yeah <laughs> Do yeah, you think yeah.
1: that was
0: a quick change tribute?
1: I think it was an homage to uh, the to this fabulous movie. No, you, yeah, you-
0: it wouldn't work with the Joker because then they'd be like, well, that one hostage had
1: those giant scars in the shape of a smile. <laughs> he kept grabbing people and asking why they were so serious. It was just a weird guy. Weird guy. Uh, but what you're saying, Rob, there is some kind of like eye-rolly stuff at the beginning of this movie and throughout this movie that is kind of like baked into the plot. Because we've seen so many movies like this since and, and afterwards, robbery movies, heist movies, and so we kind of know the formula, but I I do think that Bill Murray carries the beginning of this movie on his shoulders so well, just with his like dry, acerbic wit. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, it's the most famous line in the movie, but when he... First pulls out the gun and the guard says, what kind of clown are you? And he says, (laughs) crying on the inside kind, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It's so good.
2: But, I mean, this bank robbery, I mean, not everything is going 100% already. I mean, there's this one goofball, this, like, bearded, hillbilly, like, Randy Quaid type who...
0: (laughs) With a giant crazy beard like the one Randy Quaid would eventually grow. <laughs> yeah, he he is
2: freaking out and uh and whining and, you know, causing a big commotion. And eventually, you know, it's a big thing. Like this is a robbery and the hostage situation, like, you know, it's a big scene. Like outside, everybody's sort of uh, coming to watch it's like a it's like a it's like a entertainment event you know it's like uh, it's like the Oscars or something yeah, all yeah, these it's kind of like, a it's,
0: it's kinda like a Dog Day Afternoon well yeah you know, for sure it becomes like a little street party outside the uh, the bank there's
2: even like a scene where like all these hot dog vendors are like racing their carts to the scene <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love that. Yeah, it's yeah. Funny.
1: Well, and because it is a show, like uh, Bill Murray, the clown is putting Chip the clown is putting on a show for the audience outside because uh, he talks to that cop who is the hostage negotiator and makes all these kind of crazy demands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he demands yeah. like a bus and two helicopters and a motorcycle
2: and a monster truck. Right. So everyone's like,
1: "Yeah, the monster truck." Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would have been more specific. I would have asked for Gravedigger. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: yeah. um, they, the production couldn't afford Gravedigger. No. Yeah. 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 Well.
2: Try to run, you won't
0: get five feet. Yeah. Well you tell your men just one bullet to hit some dynamite and blow up the whole street? I've planted
1: it everywhere. Don't you think I know how you plan to get out of there? You switch on a tape recorder, I'm talking to a machine while you crawl out through the third floor heating vent. Not a bad plan, except... I couldn't
0: fit with all this money, and besides, I've booby-trapped the vents with heavy explosives.
2: Come on down, Get out of
0: there! God, I hate this town. And we should mention the cop is played by the great Jason Robards. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? Ratzinger? Ratzinger? Yeah, I think Ratzinger. Ratzinger.
2: Yeah, and he's he's uh, really great. And, you know, this movie so I good. think is really unique in that, like, yeah, it pl- obviously, like, Bill Murray and Gina Davis and uh, Randy Quaid are comedic, but, like, he's, like, so straight that... I find it, like, really funny and also, like, just really, like, interesting, you know, in the way that it, you know, seems, like, more rep- reminiscent of, like, a straight movie from, like, the 80s or the 70s. Like, he's a very, like, you know, very natural performance.
1: Yeah, and that's why it's kind of so funny that he's playing this cop from almost, like, a completely different movie and doesn't realize that he's in a comedy, which kind of makes it even funnier.
0: Well, that's the th- thing. You could make this a drama and just... you. Nothing would have changed. You would have still cast Jason Robards in that part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This could have been a gritty 70s drama and, you know, Mm -hmm. had him in the same role.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: But so he, you know, he has all these people
2: hostage and he says he's going to release one hostage for each of his demands that they meet. So, you know, they bring, uh, I think, the bus and he uh, releases a hostage. And he, he lets all the hostages decide democratically who they're going to leave and or who they're going to let leave. And they decide to let the disgusting fellow who is by that point <laughs> vomiting into a leather glove.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, to be yeah, to I – and I, lo- I love how they play it, how he like gets angry at him is like I could just shoot anyone right now. How angry you're making it! It's just kind of over the top and and fun, so that uh, you kind of are on to what they're doing before they're even doing it in this movie. I don't think like even as a kid, I don't think I was like really surprised to when they were released together and they were all bank robbers together. Like I was like, oh, this is like they're kind of all working together even now.
2: Mm, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's also, yeah, a conspicuous, tall blonde woman who, uh, you know, gets into like a little fight with Bill Murray. And uh, so then when more demands uh, are met, they sort of send out more hostages. And yes, it is Bill Murray uh, disguised as a dweeb and uh, and and Gina Davis. Yeah. So they're out of the bank. They've they have the money they They're all in it together, and they're all celebrating uh out by some pier or something we We hear their plan they're, they're going to get on a plane to somewhere somewhere nice <laughs> yeah paradise, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's great, and also by the way, Bill Murray and Gina Davis are a thing which. Good
0: for him, Cause, cause... because
1: Randy Quaid and Gina Davis aren't a thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, I thought I thought this was this was a uh, Thrupple situation. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah. kind of a parent-child situation a lot throughout this, in a that's in a weird, right. uncomfortable way. A little later with Where Randy I Quaid, uh, I didn't think it was uncomfortable because we find out
0: very shortly that Gina Davis is pregnant with Bill Murray's child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's trying to tell him. And this kind of becomes looking after Randy Quaid as they try to escape becomes like a you know, surrogate the, kind of, yeah. Yeah, the surrogate child. And like, I, I can't even remember what I was listening to, but someone was talking about on a podcast or something how the movie Due Date is that same kind of thing it's like mm. it's just not it's not a great movie and uh incidentally directed by a guy who made another famous clown <laughs> crime movie. but it, it's you know it's the story of robert downey jr trying to get home for the birth of his child and also having to look after this man child who is kind of like you know preparing him for fatherhood mm. in a way. He's oh um, Davis. totally and, and and but I like that the movie does that, but they also kind of like call attention to it. Like it's not like the characters aren't aware of that comparison. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
1: they make fun of it all the way through. I just I just found it weird on the bus when Randy Quaid was just like nuzzling into her chest a lot. I just, it's just weird.
0: But then they they call attention they to it. They do like call Bill Murray to says it. something like, "We should really get him onto formula." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're 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 free. They're going to. Go to the
2: airport. They get in their car, but they they miss the exit or something. And they, they there's a sign. They can't figure out where they're supposed to go. They ask for directions. Nobody can tell them where to go.
0: Everybody's fucking useless.
2: I oh, mean, they can tell well, them where if, to go,
1: but it's uh, not to the bridge.
0: Right. The problem is if you go downtown in any major American city in a movie. Between 1985 and 1995, you will get lost and trapped <laughs> in a Kafka-esque hell. It's true.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, <man.
2: laughs> they, thank God they, uh, they 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 opened the uh, exit to those Kafka-esque hells. You know, in the nineties. <laughs> well, they the smart, got Google Maps. To, to get at them out
1: you know yeah, go, guess, yeah. Guys, yeah
2: yeah yeah well, so they get they ask somebody for directions and this person i mean he seems bill murray has this guy's number because he seems too nice also he calls the glove compartment the glove so i mean that's a that's a red flag right <laughs> just shortening it it's not shorten it don't know, it's, yeah. it's a compartment but yeah. he robs them i think he takes their like costumes or their their clothes right that they were going to change Wait, into he, he,
0: it has their suitcases, right? Yeah, in with their clothes in it. But they, he doesn't. He steals their wallets, but doesn't realize that they're, you know, taped to their bodies is, you know, a million dollars. So he yeah. takes whatever's in their. Wallet. But there's <laughs> that, some like, good
1: like play with it. They're like, you know, oh, that, that shot into some too. money. Yeah, 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 and the shot of like the money sticking out of the shirt to like back up to be like, let's look at how much money you got. And then you see the wallet. And you're like, oh, he hasn't even seen it yet. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's that's very cool. good.
1: But so they end up going
2: back to their old apartment to get some clothes to change into before they go to quick the airport. Yeah. yeah, but not quick enough because <laughs> <laughs> they get confronted by that the new quick. the new person, Bill Hartman, who oh, you know, yeah. yeah, he's great, so great. Yeah, it's a it's a funny scene.
0: Now turn around, and face the window, okay? But it's still our apartment. We'll have to have you arrested. Oh, Jesus. Grim, our plane takes off in 41 minutes.
2: Quiet! No codes. Hey, honey.
0: Ready to celebrate? Oh, my God.
2: They were ripping off the TV when I came in. I was touching it. Kill me. Turn
0: around. Oh, great, Hal. For once it was going to be fun. We were going to eat on the
2: floor, drink champagne listen to old records
0: why are you blaming me
2: we haven't even moved the bed in and already it's the same
0: i love this whole scene and i mean phil hartman's hilarious obviously but like <laughs> you know phil hartman pulls a gun on them because he thinks they're robbing him and uh, bill murray tries to talk him down and explains they're like <laughs> moving to a small place in woodstock and he's like <laughs> i suppose you don't believe that either and then phil hartman just like really deadpan is like I was at Woodstock. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah.
2: I love that line also, like, um, you went from Woodstock to Charles Bronson in 20 years. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. Can I say for a minute, I love movies where Bill Murray is just Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. Which sounds, sounds like every movie, but it's really not. Because in so many Bill Murray movies, he's playing, like a big dummy or like an exaggerated asshole. Mm -hmm, Like in this, he's just kind of a guy. Like I would imagine Bill Murray is, it kind of reminds me of like, like I didn't see stripes until like 10 years ago. It may have even been with you guys. I can't remember, but like the first like 15 or 20 minutes of stripes is just like him and Harold Ramis, just like being guys in the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And before they go to like the military camp, I loved that movie. I just wanted to see Bill Murray kind of be himself in this, like, urban comedy setting. So, like, yeah, I I love movies like this where he's just kind of reacting to the things with this sort of acerbic wit and kind of natural delivery. He's not too broad in any sense.
1: Is this like a genre of movie, just like the hangout movie, where you just get to hang out with somebody you like and would like to hang oh, out with? Oh, it's most
0: definitely a hangout movie. Like, or that's most definitely a genre. I mean, there's tons of like, you know, the most recent one was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think people realized that was going to be a hangout movie until we all saw it. and like, Right. And, and that was kind of, you know, I think that, you know, Tarantino was based on that on other Hangout movies like, you know, Rio Bravo and like, you know, there right. are tons of movies where you just want to be with uh, those characters. I think, th- I think the plot in this is a little too wacky to call it a Hangout yeah. movie, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah,
2: there's so much going on and it's almost like, I don't know, it's almost like supernatural, like what is happening to these people because everything seems to go right for them. And then everything goes wrong for them. Like while they're being held up by Phil Hartman, they're watching their car be sort of moved by the firemen uh, because there's a fire next door, and then their car backs off into down down the hill into a into a ditch or something.
1: And uh, you know it just can't go right for them. And and I love I love Bill Murray's reaction to all of this. I love all their reactions to all of it, frankly. I, I just I love those movies where people su- such bad things happen to them and they go okay what next mm-hmm. i just it it kind of teaches you a little bit that life is uh, is a series sometimes of bad things oh, happening shit. and it's just and shit you, after and, shit and and you just you just got to roll with it you just got to make a joke and move just on just got to say motherfucker
2: and keep going i love Gina yeah. davis's well, reactions too maybe just yeah. because you know they they see more unexpected coming from her but she's uh she's great
1: Oh, she's so good.
0: She's so good. They're all so good. All three of them. It's true. Even I mean, Randy Quaid. R- Randy Quaid, you know, he went uh, somewhere that I don't want to follow him. <laughs> he's <laughs> still lost I, in New York right now. He's probably in Toronto somewhere. I know. <laughs> I've told the story on the podcast before of how I dined on a patio next to him,
1: mm-hmm. uh, right?
0: In in the midst of of you know him dominating the news after he fled to Canada. <laughs> but but yeah, I do love those movies where like, yeah, it's all in one night and nothing can go right. I mean, like I'm thinking of like Adventures in Babysitting and the most obvious one is After Hours Ryan. where it is just kind of this like the surreal alignment of forces that prevent her. Our- our heroes from getting where they need to go. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah,
2: and, like, in this movie, it's, like, a perfect sort of coat hanger to hang, like, Bill Murray reacting and Gina Davis sort of reacting. And, yeah, and also, like, the relationships between these people because, like, the relationship between Gina Davis and Bill Murray is, like, kind of interesting because, you know, as soon as... Well, I mean, as soon as they've done the robbery and everything is going great for them or should be, things start not going great in their relationship. Like, she wants to tell Bill Murray this thing. He's not really listening. And then she's also irked by his increasingly criminal tendencies. Like, the first thing is at the bank, where this guy wants to bribe him with his watch, which is an expensive watch. And instead, he sort of does this, like, trade where he pays him, like, you know, 300 bucks for a $12,000 watch and then, you know, walks out with this douchebag's watch, which is kind of great because fuck that guy, right? But...
0: (laughs) You know. I, I have a good, good behind-the-scenes story about that I'll watch a little later. <laughs> cool, cool.
2: But so she she doesn't even want to tell him anymore about her, her news that she's pregnant. And she's just increasingly unhappy and in saying that she's not even going to go with them when they go to whatever uh, tropical paradise they were going to.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I like kind of how complex their relationship is because it kind of starts out strong they're a little bonnie and clyde but then by the end of it she's like you've totally changed as a person when really the entire time he's just been acerbic bill murray mm-hmm. and i don't think has acted one bit of this movie at all yeah the,
0: i i don't know for me that i think it worked because gina davis is great but i was i did find it a little strange that she was like you've changed i was like really he's just been acting nope. like garfield yeah. For <laughs> minutes. yeah exactly
1: yeah exactly yeah.
0: Uh this movie uh, I will say, oh sorry, go well,
2: ahead. Well, I was going to say this movie does fall fall into some iffy territory when it gets to
0: the uh taxi driver played by Tony Shaloub. Well, I was going to say even before that, like we start to get like I mentioned adventures in babysitting a minute ago and this has the same kind Did of they thing go to a blues like, club? This, No. <laughs> no, but like the scary downtown is like Oh yeah. other cultures. Uh,
2: <laughs> right. I mean, this movie is like a metaphor for white flight, you know? It's like... The first thing is that they're, like, standing in the middle of the city and, you know, a bunch of Latino kids drive by making some noise, and they're like, oh, I hate this city. And then, like, yeah, there's all this other stuff, too. Like, in the movie, that's really uncomfortable. Like, at one point, Randy Quaid jumps out of Tony Shalhoub's taxi and runs into a newsstand and the uh the guy running the convenience store who is korean or something he just sort of like you know calls the cops about this dead person without even like caring like all these uh, like the people of color in this movie are just wallpaper not not people
1: i i mean i see i see what you are saying there but i also think that it's kind of like you could see it as a commentary on like the fact that these neighborhoods have seen it all and so these kind of crazy things that these three white people are experiencing are just like that happens every day to other people in this city and that's why they don't bat an eye but i totally see what you're saying they are not well-drawn people and i love tony Shaloub. i think he's he's one of the greatest i mean
2: he's great he it's an amazing so performance good. that is like pretty racist
0: you know? <laughs> it, it's super racist and but, but he plays it, it so does, well like, like with great subtlety he plays it he plays it so well that it almost loops back around to being okay because he injects this cartoonish character with like so much pathos yeah. and humanity. Exactly. You just
1: you just want to hold him, and be like, "It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right." But you know, even before He'll that, when, show. when they
0: when they first get lost, there's that scene where they stumble upon like a a bicycle jousting match. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, first of all, where that's one, awesome. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, like I'm so conflicted because it's it's this amazing surreal moment where they're like what did we just see cuz one of the guys seemingly dies. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like I think supposed to imply like oh this is something from like another culture mm-hmm. where things are more barbaric mm-hmm. and now that's like intruded into New York City. Or something like that is kind of the implication as much as the scene is wonderfully bizarre and hilarious. It, it does have that vibe. And also, yes. you know, like we were saying the whole Bill Murray arc of like, I hate the city. I want to get out of the city. Coupled with having all of these like moments of like odd diversity sprinkled throughout the movie, does create this kind of uncomfortable implication that maybe wasn't the intention. Yeah. But, because they also do complain about gentrification. Like, an interesting thing about this movie that I didn't necessarily remember was how they parallel the Bill Murray character with the Jason Roberts character because he is also sick of this city. Mm. And they both complain about like an old building being torn down and, you know, new condos or something being put up in the in its place. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I I don't think you know, I don't think it's intentional the sort of racist stuff we've been talking about, but it's definitely there. <laughs>
1: it's definitely there. Like Every character that they're afraid of in this movie is a different, right? Like the even the woman at the end, like La muertos. Oh my um, god! Yeah. Like, also
2: though, amazing though. I
1: love that. That like great It's character. a streetcar to
2: uh, streetcar uh, named Desire reference.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 so great, but it's also like they're afraid of her. Yeah, <laughs> and she's of a different culture, and so like yeah, I'm with you, J.M. Right. I don't think it was like meant to be that way, but I think it was ingrained in the brains of these writers and directors. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's a problem, but it is also like it goes along with a lot of scenes of just truly bizarre white characters as well. Like I mean, there's the bus driver mm-hmm. at the end That's and you true. know, the guy with the guitar and like I think they are just supposed to they're, they're trying to show that the city is just full of all of these oddballs. I mean, for me, it kind of had the opposite impact, like, especially, you know, after a year of like quarantine and, and not having a nightlife, it, it made me long for like those nights where you're out late and you encounter all of these oddballs and you know, <laughs> random, yeah. random strangers. Yeah, the city like, kind
1: of feels alive instead of just this like husk of something that you exist. Yeah. In. Yeah.
0: yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but going back to what I was saying before, I did think it was interesting. Yeah, how much they make the Bill Murray character like the Jason Robards character. Even they even have them like repeat lines that each other said. Oh. They have Jason Robards at one point like reaches out and holds the other cop's hand and like pulls him along like Bill Murray did in the bank mm. with uh, with one of the hostages. This movie's like kind a of- prototype for Heat.
2: They're the sure. same. <laughs> They're the same bank robberies. Are they yeah. ever in the same scene together just once?
0: Well, it's also we should probably get to the ending, but it's it's it is nice that like they both win. Yes. Like it's a cops and robbers story where they both come out on top, mm. which goes to what you were saying Blaine about it
1: being like a comforting movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, everyone kind of wins in it.
0: Yeah. Well, um,
2: yeah. So, I mean, they they at one point they run into this warehouse to seek refuge and it turns out that it's, you know, it's a congregation of mobsters and they sort of bluff their way into getting their money. <laughs> you know, they say that they're picking up money. It's for Stanley Tucci. It is. It's Stanley, Stanley Tucci. Tucci answers the door. He's yeah. so great. He's amazing. And uh, yeah, but he, they fool them and eventually they get this money and they go and they're about to get on the bus. And then the, the gangster guy, the real gangster guy comes and then it's a whole big or And then they're on their way to the airport. But uh, yeah, it's a big, it's a big, and then you know, it seems like the cops are on their way. Gina Davis has decided that she's not going to go with him, and Bill Murray wants to convince her. But he, instead of like you know, being nice to her and uh, you know, listening to her and stuff like that, and uh, being vulnerable, yeah, whatever the stuff you're supposed to do, <laughs> he he scares her by being like, "Oh, you're gonna get caught, and then you're gonna be in jail, and how's your kid gonna?" Be when you're in jail, which is a uh, dick move, Bill Murray. It's, uh, dick yeah.
1: Graham, I'm thinking of the baby.
2: He'll be about three when you get out. Those foster families are great, unless you get a mercenary or a religious
0: nut, and he'll be able to visit you, and you'll be able to show him how to make license plates. Jesus, thank God you're reaching out to me with love and understanding. It's just trying to scare me. It's all I have time for. Now, one of us has to take Loomis and push him. Why don't you the men's room grim. i'm gonna freak out if i don't get this money off me Shit. but she also he she says this is what you're gonna to say to me and he's like this is all i have time
1: for yeah me. yeah and
0: I, I i do get that
1: yeah and then you know when they're going up <laughs> <Pop> in there <laughs>
2: <laughs> i only have time to be a dick right now baby
1: listen marry me in the next two minutes okay or else you're going to no uh yeah they're on this kind of like moving escalator and and he's like what could i but what could i have said and and uh and randy quaid is like you could have told her you loved her and he's like Ah, oh. oh, now you tell me like we kind of realize that he does yeah. love her it's just been a shitty shitty day uh, i i like when he looks back though it's so pathetic and sad <laughs> but then we we haven't even
0: talked about kurtwood smith
1: no yeah at the airport yeah one of the one of the greatest Redman. villains
2: of all history yeah
1: robocop red foreman yeah. i know he's so that's good. all you need And he's kind of a jerk that we see, we're like, ah, we don't know who he is, but we have heard about this mobster that's coming into town that might be, like, claiming territory again that Bill Murray said he worked for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so when Jason Robards comes to board the plane to look for the
2: thieves, uh, Bill Murray, this is actually at the point where he has decided, he's had his quick change, and he's decided to go look for Phyllis, Gita Davis, and... Fix the whole thing, you know. Forget about what happens. Forget the consequences. But it turns out she's just in the bathroom. Hmm? And, uh. <laughs> and, yeah, and, you There's like
1: two men writing this. Like, where should the woman be? I don't know. <laughs> she's like powdering her nose or but something. But where's the other woman with her? <laughs>
2: but Bill Murray, you know, Jason Robards is fighting with Kurt Ward Smith, and Bill Murray does the good thing and helps Jason Robards. Get the bad guy even though you know it might mean that he gets caught and all that stuff and uh he's like hey gina davis i did the good thing and uh then she has to take him back
1: it's the yeah. law well and she <laughs> actually kind of captures the bad guy because she knocks him out that's true by opening too. the door yeah it's teamwork how forceful do you open a bathroom door usually in life you know? i always like- very forcefully. <laughs> I need to get out of here. Yeah.
0: It's a good thing he was a mobster being wrestled to the ground and not just like an old
1: man who had fallen. <laughs> I know. Just like, snap. Oh, was that his neck? Oh, my God. Yeah. But then they he gets the bad guy. He asks him, you know, let's, Bill Murray, what's your name? I want to send you a special commendation. He tells him. He goes off into the sunset. He gets his, his win that he needed so dearly at the end of his career. And then he realizes that Bill Murray was the clown and that's the quick yeah. change <laughs> and that's the rest of the story
0: well it's also nice because the other cop called the press so like jason robards yeah. gets the credit for because he's also been like <laughs> the, i love that scene where the bank manager explicitly tells him <laughs> that the bank is gonna blame it on his incompetence
1: <laughs> but like he does so so deadpan <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. It's amazing uh, anyways that's so it. good
0: Okay. Well, that was great, Rob.
2: Thank you for that. Oh, no problem. Anytime. You know. Have we ever we... thanked
1: Rob for doing a rundown before? <laughs> I think that was the first no. time.
2: 450 Rob... episodes. <laughs> 450
0: <laughs> rundowns. This is the first thank you
2: I get. <laughs> rundown fuckers. at the best of Rob.
0: <laughs> I've changed like Bill Murray in this movie. Oh, okay. Well, then I forgive uh... you. Okay, thanks. We'll be right back. I've got some trivia questions for you guys and some behind-the-scenes stuff right after this. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're talking about Quick Change, the the Bill Murray movie. There might be something else called Quick Change. I don't know. There,
2: there's a short uh, I saw from 1930 or something. I don't
0: know. Yeah, so we're not talking about the short from 1930. We're talking <laughs> about the uh, the Bill Murray comedy. I don't don't forget uh,
2: Gina Davis. I feel like Gina Davis pulls a lot of the weight here. She really she does. does, yeah. And she's amazing. I kind of, she's like one of the greatest comic actors of like her, her generation, of like the eighties and the nineties. Just like thinking back to like all the great performances she's given, like, Beetle yeah, Juice like Beetlejuice and, Juice, and The Fly. Yeah. Like they're so iconic. Yeah. She's amazing, and she's amazing. She's in really
0: this. good. Yeah, I really love Gina Davis, and, and she's a fucking Olympic archer. I know. So oh, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> she she is a gift.
2: She could she could shoot you with a bow and arrow in the heart.
0: <laughs> and she has. And you does right?
2: And literally. Yeah. In some people's places.
0: Yeah, she's great. I do think, like, her character, none of the characters are really that, you know, elaborately drawn. But I think her, like, fickleness with Bill Murray is a little, a bit of a hard sell. And I think she mostly pulls it off, even though I think it's maybe a little underrated. Yeah, it
2: kind of sucks. I mean, like, for so many of her roles that she's sort of, like,
0: the person who is supposed to be,
2: uh, is supposed to reflect the guy, you know, like, yeah, you know, it just sucks. But she does so yeah. much with it, and you know, mm-hmm. I, her personality just like really shines through in all of her performances, like Bill Murray does. So it's just like, it's so great to see her in anything because you, you're, you're seeing Gina Davis be Gina Davis at her best.
0: Totally couldn't agree more. All right. I've got some questions for you guys. Whoever gets the most right can stay on the podcast. Okay. Whoever doesn't has to go forever.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Time to
0: sabotage myself. Okay, which Oscar-winning director was originally going to helm this movie?
2: Francis Ford Coppola.
0: Not even close. <laughs> Roberto <don't> Benini. <laughs> what? No.
2: Okay, uh, Oscar-nominated director, and he was... Wait, did you say nominated or or winning? Oscar winning. And was it? Be, did he win before
0: this movie or after? I don't think he'd won before. He definitely won after, very shortly, or maybe even the same year this movie came out. Come to think of it, Clint okay. Eastwood, or for a movie? No, wait, maybe it wasn't the same year or around the same time. Uh,
2: Steven Spielberg.
0: No. Oh yeah, would have been would have been a couple of years after this the actual ceremony <laughs> <laughs> god damn it well, well okay because i looked up it was for the 1991 film the silence of the lambs oh right jonathan yes. jonathan demi really yeah. yeah he's gonna
1: do this that's crazy yeah at
0: one point yeah all right they approached them and he dropped out because he was doing silence of the lambs and
2: also uh, the guy with the guitar is the same guy who plays migs the guy who throws his semen at clarice <laughs>
0: Oh Is it God. the same character as you know? <laughs> yeah. oh my God, Did he get maybe. he took that six thousand bucks? After,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did too <laughs> yeah, much that's drugs the new life he yeah. started.
0: <laughs> a- Number two, so we mentioned that this was directed by Bill Murray and Howard Franklin, who also wrote the screenplay. Yeah, basically I think it was like I guess they wanted demi that fell through and Bill Murray was like, Hey, let's why don't the two of us just do it because they were the ones developing the screenplay. So it was the first time they had worked together. I think they just kind of got paired up by their agency and, uh, and hit it off. But it wasn't the last thing they worked on together. What other two Bill Murray movies did Franklin work on? I know on?
2: this. It's um, Larger Than Life mm-hmm. and The Man Who Knew Too Little.
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah. And do you that know what sense. he did on both of them? He was the director, right? No, he well, he directed Larger Than Life, but didn't write it. Okay. But he wrote The Man Who Knew Too Little, but didn't direct
2: oh. it. Oh. I always get Larger Than Life mixed up with Operation Dumbo Drop. Me
1: too, every time. It
0: came out around the same time, and it was like one of those, like, you had to pick one. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> I
1: Couldn't, think I saw them both. did not go see both. Did you?
0: Yeah. Okay. Answer For a buddy's life,
1: I, you know? Yeah. Because well, I remember Volcano, Dante those
0: speak, particular yeah.
2: movies I remember not being great. And I think, like, those are the movies that, like, made me sort of worry about Bill Murray cuz I was like Bill Murray used to be really funny and now he's just making these stupid movies what's wrong and then he made stuff like Rushmore and sort of became like you know moved on yeah. to the next stage of his career yeah yeah yeah
0: cuz in like yeah in the mid 90s he was just like popping by Space Jam <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that was You uh, think he's
2: back for this for the sequel?
0: I don't think so. I don't know. He'll don't be in there know. with Alex and the Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe his character from uh, Quick Change will be represented <laughs> in the uh, Warner Brothers pantheon of characters that appear in the background of that wow. film. Okay. This movie was based on a novel by Jay Cronley. Wow. One of his books was also the basis for a Chevy Chase movie. Do you guys know which Chevy Chase movie? Huh.
1: It it's It's not Fletch. It's not I mean, Fletch that's too. like
0: Ross McDonald or something. Yeah, I read books, I so. read
1: like 7 of those books. They're pretty good. 7. There's wow. so many no, of those books. Do, There's so many of those we books. We should do
0: Fletch on the show. I love yeah. Fletch. I,
1: yeah. The book is very like very much sadder than the movie.
0: <laughs> Let's just continue the trend of <laughs> of old comedies that make us feel slightly less hopeless. <laughs> I like it. It's
1: everything I, do like I need. It. I, no, I have a chase movie based on a book. Jay Cromley. Also, that sounds like a fake name. Jay Cromley. It was the pen name for. Uh, what? Was it. John Upton. Was it a recent movie or was it an old movie? No, that's not true. Oh, it was an, an old, old movie.
2: movie. He's not allowed to do movies anymore.
1: <laughs> no, he, he has. He's done like the comeback trail and he does like movies about old comedians that are trying to get their comeback <laughs> oh, okay right i
2: thought uh, i thought he there was like the new york essay on him or whatever i thought that was it for him man he had a cameo in that paul hogan <laughs> right
0: movie where he plays himself i guess
2: news that he's a jerk hadn't gotten to australia yet
0: <laughs> no they're ahead of us so he's already died there so that's why it's okay <laughs> yeah i don't know i can't think of i can't think of it it is the movie Funny Farm.
1: Oh, mm. Funny Farm! I used to get Funny that mixed up with Farm. Pit. They're different movies.
0: Right? Yeah, that was based on a book, apparently, by the same guy. So, okay. So, Jay Cronley also wrote the the book that this movie was based on, and that book was already made into a movie before Quick Change. Did Why Did you guys know that? I know. It was made into a French Canadian movie. Yes. Sacre bleu! Yeah, uh called Hold Up in 1985. Oh, wow. Uh a French the, Canadian the poster's le, got le hold up. Yeah, the poster's got like dollar bills flying, you know, towards the front of it and you can see like the Wilfred old like, $20 bill with the, oh, the queen. No, it's got the queen, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it was a French Canadian movie starring Jean-Paul Belmondo. Hmm and Kim Cattrall Oh yeah. Kim just a Cattrall. real mad libs of casting. No. You know? <laughs> uh, Kim
2: Cattrall's amazing because she has like this like amazing, oh, yeah. you know, career in like Canadian B movies and then Sex in the City.
0: Oh no, Kim Cattrall's great. I'm just saying like her and Jean-Paul Balamundo oh, yeah. in an 80s French Canadian crime movie. Very random did and you, Did you sure, watch the trailer I... for this
1: movie? Did you see anything
0: of it? Oh, I did better than that. I watched some of the movie. Oh, oh man, how was wow. it? The whole the whole thing's on YouTube. It was all in French without subtitles, and I don't speak fluent French, so you know I didn't oui, oui. get a lot of it. No, no. Uh, <laughs> but oh, I mean, is. it was more of like from the sense I got, it was more of like a crime movie with just some like whimsical touches, right. from what I could tell. I mean, he's still dressed as a clown at the beginning. Oh, which is okay. Weird. But and is she still, still pregnant? It, I don't know because I don't speak. French. <laughs> Maybe Le baby. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, but, yeah, Dom le la femme, <laughs> le baby. This is what if, it, it feels like to, to be that taxi driver.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: if people do want to check it out, it's all on YouTube. You can you can go watch it, and uh, I mean, yeah, and uh, I think the other. Big difference from the book, which I think is reflected in that movie, is that it's not like an old seasoned cop like Jason Robards who's after them. It's like the mob or another criminal mm. who, oh, okay. who knows what they did and is chasing them. Cool. A lot of great people worked on this movie, including the cinematographer was Michael Chapman, who shot some great movies, including Hardcore, the Paul Schrader movie <laughs> uh, with George C. Scott, and fucking taxi driver. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, if you want to get a guy to like shoot the decay of uh, the urban decay of New York in in the 80s to 90s and late 70s. That's yeah, the guy. Get the Still I haven't
2: had that rain to wash the shit off the street, huh?
0: <laughs> and there, you know, there's a good taxi scene in this movie. It's true. A little racist, but yeah. Oh, and I, I did want to mention the watch that you guys mentioned earlier. So I read an interview with Howard Franklin where he talks a lot about this movie that he did with Entertainment Weekly. It's a great interview. I recommend anyone interested in this movie checking it out. But yeah, the thing I wanted to highlight was uh, one of his favorite experiences with this movie and writing the script was uh, he, he wrote it in collaboration with Bill Murray. Like Basically, he had this meeting with Bill Murray And they kind of hit it off, but, you know, he didn't know what was happening. And then he said he went on vacation with his family and got home to the hotel one day and said there were a bunch of messages from his agent being like, Bill Murray just wants to do something with you. He likes you. And so he was – he'd already started working on like one of the projects that he'd pitched to Bill Murray. But Bill Murray called him and someone had shown him the book uh, Quick Change and he was like, this, this is what I want to do. Next. So they wrote up Quick Change, but uh one of the additions they made to the script was this scene with the watch where yeah the guy at the bank has this super fancy watch. He gives it to Bill Murray who wears it for the rest of the movie. And apparently, according to Franklin, the reason for that was Bill Murray had in real life this super fancy watch. <laughs> and and it was the kind of He just won't take it. Like, off. it was, well it was such a fancy watch that every time it needed to be wound you needed to take it into the store oh my god and pay them to do it and it was like a hundred and fifty dollars to have them wind this watch wow. so he said he was annoyed that every time he made a movie he couldn't wear the watch in the movie so he'd have to take it off during the shoot and then like by the time the movie was done shooting he would need to get his Watch wound. So that was like one of the notes he had for the script it was like, can you write this watch into the movie so I don't have to get it wound after making wow.
2: it? Wow. So weird.
0: Can you write my gold
2: <laughs> sneakers into this movie?
0: Because I hate taking off my gold sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> There's some other funny stuff. I, I saw like there was a Junket interview that's still online, which. They didn't talk about anything that was too interesting, though they did ask Bill Murray, even then, if he w- was going to direct again, because this is the only thing he ever directed. And even back then, he was he said, I'm out. I've made my bones. I'm going to quit now. Like, he did not seem interested <sighs> in directing. I think it was just the kind of thing where he's, you know, he wanted this movie to get made. and. That's just
1: that's what kind it of happened, yeah, he's also like at the top of his game, i don't know he's he ghostbusters he's done all these movies, and he's like, hey, maybe I like directing and then he directs, and he's like, i don't like directing i'm not, I'm not going to do this again,
0: yeah, yeah, and that's one thing Franklin talked about in that interview too was he's like, you know he's like Bill was great to work with, he said they had a great time and a great collaboration, but he's like, you know. Bill Murray's all spontaneity. It's like you know, people will make movies and not know if he's going to show up until he <laughs> arrives on the set. Whereas directing is all about like prep work and you know, yeah. planning and responsibility. So he's like, it doesn't. Even suit. though they didn't have any problems, yeah, not a strongest suit exactly. There's an interesting article that went up this week on Collider by Tom Ryman, who's been a guest on this oh, yeah. show before, talking about this movie specifically. I guess because of the Blu-ray release. And uh, it was a a good article. It's all about how you could read this movie as Bill Murray's most autobiographical story because you could because he is a criminal.
2: (laughs) That's how he's been getting getting away with it. He's
0: right there in (laughs) front of our faces. No, but if you see like the city of New York as like Hollywood and show business Mm. uh, and him wanting to get out and he's like sick of like the bullshit. That, you know, aligns with, like, the vibe Murray had, especially around this, because he, he after, like, Ghostbusters and The Razor's Edge, he took, like, a four- or five-year break before Ghostbusters 2 and Scrooge, right. which came out right before this movie. So he kind of, he was kind of like, uh, I mean, he had some small parts, but not, like, a starring role in the same, in a blockbuster like this. So you could already see he was kind of, like, you know, uh, starting to shed that... Bill Murray megastar status and like obviously you know we we know now he has got like the 800 number and he has all all of these mm-hmm. things kind of a shoe uh traditional Hollywood but so you could see that I mean also like you know it's it's from the book obviously but like this is a movie that starts with him being a a, a disenchanted clown mm, he, a a a clown but doctor who, I am Pagliacci <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, yeah, I think yeah, this is a movie about, like, a guy who just wants to make a bunch of money, sees himself as a clown, and, you know, wants to leave and is sick of people and their bullshit. Yeah, I think there's something there. I think, I think you know, even though a lot of it's in the novel, I think maybe part of the reason why the novel spoke to Murray is because it, it did kind of uh, speak to him on that personal level. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah.
0: There's also there's a good interview Roger Ebert did with Bill Murray when the movie came out. They were together in a hotel room, and it began with uh, Bill Murray asking him, how do you plan to explain your one-star review of Scrooged? <laughs> <laughs> and then he presses him on that. And? Bill. I feel like I need Closure. He, well- yeah, man. Oh, they talk about it for like a minute. Ebert said, I was hoping it wouldn't come up. And then Murray said, it wasn't that bad. It had some good stuff in it. Watch it on video. You'll see. Ebert's <laughs>
2: the Scrooge in this scenario. Yeah. He just needs three ghosts uh, to visit him.
0: It was brought up in a recent GQ interview with Bill Murray. Bill Murray hasn't talked a lot about it from what I can tell after it came out. But one of the few things he did say about it in that interview was he said, Tony Shalhoub gives one of the greatest comic performances I've ever seen.
1: Ah, that's nice. He did. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think that's <laughs> like yeah, that tracks. I mean, he's great in it. I mean, again, problematic as a character, yeah. but I mean, if you're gonna get Saturday to do it, get Tony Shalhoub. He's the best.
0: Uh, and the only other thing I want to mention about this movie is when the Spike Lee movie Inside Man came out. Oh yeah, a lot of people talked about the similarities because the the heist in Inside Man is very similar mm. to. What happens here i don't remember exactly but it is yeah it's i think clive owen and yeah the company dress up they dress up and everyone clowns. the same or something and then they escape
1: with the hostages well he well the from what i remember he does he never escapes and that's kind of like the that's his master he never plan. escapes he doesn't escape he like makes a little room in the same room behind the lockers and he makes this little room, yes. and he hides out there for weeks, and then he leaves.
0: But that's not the same thing at all.
1: No. Quick change. <laughs> Sorry, that didn't help. All right. Well, I, I, I haven't <laughs>
0: seen that movie since it came out. Yeah, so. me neither.
1: But that's what I remember from it.
0: Anyway. Hmm. I... I, uh... Okay, we'll look into that, because that doesn't <laughs> sound right to me. But my research has indicated that, that they all dressed up the same. They might have...
1: And I might be having a false memory right now. now.
0: That's because what you say sounds familiar, but I feel like that's something else, maybe. Is that a different movie? I don't
1: know. Hmm. I remember him like doing push ups happening? in like this, this one square foot of space or something. Okay, hold on. We're going to look this up. Yeah. Can we just have a viewer call in and tell us? Someone knows. We don't Someone have out viewers. there knows the truth. Uh, yeah, we don't have viewers. You're right.
0: Shit! Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he's hiding behind a fake wall that they constructed in the supply room.
1: Mm, yeah. Okay, so it's different. And it looks like the, the beginning of the movie looks like he's in like a cell, and you're like, oh, he gets caught. Like this is how he gets caught, and then at the end of the movie, he's still in the bank. You're like, oh no. It's so like what are people complaining
0: about? That's not the same at all.
1: No. And no, Gina I mean, Davis. I.
0: There was a whole like NPR segment about how <laughs> similar these movies were. <laughs> Terry Gross. Yeah, right? I think it was. <laughs> All right. Well, that's quick change. What do you guys think? Uh, was it rewatchable? Rob, you start.
2: Yeah. I mean, I didn't see this, or at least didn't remember seeing this before. But and you know, it could have gone could have gone either way. But I thought it, there was a lot of like really masterful things in this movie. Like it plays with tension really well. I I love the. I mean, I love Gina Davis. She's so amazing. Bill Murray's great in this. I think his character is sort of interesting because, like, he sort of tells us about, like, how they were, like, super poor and, you know, um, and that's how they – that's why they decided to rob this bank. I guess it's – I guess maybe it's just, like, you know, maybe I just, you know, being super poor want to feel justified if I need to rob a bank. (laughs) (laughs) Pick a better costume, man. Maybe maybe I'll do it as a as an a homage to
1: Quick Change, you know? Oh my God, Ooh. you'd be the Quick Change guy. Yeah,
2: there was a bank robbery near me a couple of weeks ago, actually. So, and it, it really? seems like
1: such an antiquated crime, you know? Like, no, it's it's only because they they only publicize the bank robberies where they get the people. Uh, Apparently, oh. like seventy to eighty oh. percent of bank robberies, they never catch the people and they never tell. Why do you know that information,
2: Blaine? I'm calling the cops.
1: Uh, is that a Fabergé egg behind you? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ!
2: You do kind of look I'll like a Easter cat burglar in that shirt.
0: Okay. <laughs> do Easter differently. Well, you would think there would be more bank robberies now because everyone's already wearing masks. No one would think, <laughs> right?
1: It. I so yes, yeah, so I had to go into a bank and take out a large sum of money in a mask, and they never asked to see my face. It, it was just a weird thing. Interesting. Where, yeah. Do you know a safe cracker? They your... <laughs> because they're like, "Can I see your ID to make sure it's oh, you?" Right. And so I gave them my ID, and then they look at my face, and it's like covered in a hat and a big <laughs> mask. Right. Like you could uh, be anybody. I could be I taking could...
2: your identity or whatever. I think
1: so. I think so. Interesting.
2: Yeah. And what's your yeah. what's your transit number on your bank account? <laughs> <laughs> transit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's for
2: deposits, right <laughs> Oh shit.
1: <laughs> I'm not a good bank robber. You just keep on giving
2: away your money. <laughs> oh, no. But noble in a way, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought I thought uh, this was a great movie. And, okay. you know,
2: like, just Bill Murray, yeah. I think in his... This is, like, I think a great movie in his first period. It's fun to see him do, like, a really funny comedy. Randy Quaid is really good. And, yeah, we make fun of him because he turned into a crazy person. But... He was like a very good comedic actor in the eighties and nineties. So is the life full of him. And yeah, this movie does have some great acting, some great some. It's really masterfully put together. And uh, yeah, I think it's like a real gem.
1: All right, sweet. I, I'm I'm on the same boat as you, Rob. Can I borrow uh, a gun? <laughs> <laughs> just for okay. just for a thing. Just because I'm on the same boat as you, man. Uh, Jesus. Um, yeah, no, I I love this movie. I've said it before, I'll say it again, goddamn it, I love this movie. And um and it has a lot that's wrong with it. There are a lot of 90s movies and 80s movies we just talk about all the racism and and bigotry and sexism that are in these movies. And this movie is no exception. It doesn't feel malicious except for that one scene where the guy says, "You can keep this goddamn city. You feel the animals or whatever." He says uh when he thinks there are two men together in the washroom. <laughs> um, oh yeah we didn't talk that about that, that that feels that was... a little that feels a little mean-spirited yeah but um you know But then he got and... bonked in the head in the airplane anyway i feel like that yeah
2: helps a little but
1: yeah yeah and he's kind of like he's supposed to be like a bad guy i guess in this movie like one of the people that i don't know so i'm not gonna defend that part Me but i i do really like this movie a lot Hanging out with Bill Murray and Gina Davis, um, giving a great performance—a performance that is better than the part she was given, uh, hands down. Uh, Randy Quaid doing some slapstick in there. Tony Shaloub, amazing, and and just watching this movie, being like, oh, oh, that's them. They were from this other thing. It's it's just a kind of cavalcade of of uh, of, of actors that you know in a pretty old movie, and. It's, you know, if if you're a hipster like me and you like the comedies and you can be like, oh, you haven't heard of Quick Change, you can show people this movie. It's uh, like J.M. said, it's it's kind of that movie where you can say, oh, you haven't uh, – you want a comedy you haven't seen, go to this. I have it on disk hey, hold-
0: We're going to need to pause for a minute. You think you're a hipster?
1: Have you seen the shirt I'm wearing?
0: Yeah, but where – I mean, it's a striped shirt from like Old Navy or something. That's not – How – how the the opposite opposite did you hip know hip that?
1: Um, unless, yeah, it, I got unless it from Value you, like you're s- it.
0: Uh, oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, so it's Old Navy from a thrift store. Yeah, that's okay. I guess you that's got hip. it. You're a hipster. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you guys. Thank you so much. I, I finally made you it. angel-headed hipster. I'll type out thank you notes on my typewriter later. But um, yeah, I just I just like this movie a lot. If you haven't seen it, see this movie. It's just a fun movie? Uh, J.M. Take us home.
0: Well, I have. Uh, first, I want to spend ten to twelve minutes talking about why someone who likes uh, blink One Eighty Two isn't a hipster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, unless it's ironic. Uh, nope, I just like them.
0: No, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I love this movie. I mean, I think there is some stuff that's like uh, not not so great in terms of uh, in terms of what we were talking about, and
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> with the the racial politics of uh, of of the way the characters react to to the crazy uh <laughs> the crazy <laughs> ethnic subculture of New York. But I like you said I don't think it's mean-spirited and I think it's also packaged with a lot of other less problematic vignettes and I think this movie is also, really suspenseful, intense in mm-hmm. parts like that. That scene with the titular quick change, yeah, where Bill Murray is trying to get on the bus before the cops see him, and then that you throw in like the mob guys realize that he's uh, a fraud and and they're after him. Like, is is hard to watch. Like, I was squirming watching it. I was so invested. Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like movies don't play with that anymore. Like, it's become like a lost art to play with
1: tension in that way. Yeah, yeah, like you don't have that in a comedy anymore. I hear what you're saying. Like usually comedies, like you have 21 Jump Street or whatever, and it's just big explosions. But Re- there's no Pop
2: culture references. Exactly. Get a celebrity
1: in here. But it doesn't make you squirm in the same way this did, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's great. And I also just love, again, that central dynamic of like Jason Robards and Bill Murray being these two parallel characters who – <laughs> who amazingly can get what they both want at the end, even though they seem so like completely at odds with each other at the beginning of the movie, it's a cops and robbers story where both come out the victors, which is kind of amazing. And guess it involves a lot of like coincidence and happenstance to get there in the end, but it, it's great. It, made me feel great to watch it all works because it it sort
2: of wraps it up in like the idea of like luck like everything is going for them in a sort of supernatural way at the beginning so when things turn on them all of a sudden and everything goes bad it feels
0: like it feels like natural almost
2: or like yeah
0: totally yeah totally yeah and like yeah why wouldn't that mob boss be on their airplane because they you know ducked into a doorway that happened to be like a mob <laughs> hideout like there are so many crazy uh, there's only one doorway <laughs> in new york
2: only one flight out of new york i know and, and aren't Small they going apple. to like
1: a warm area like they're going to paradise right they're going to like um st martin's or something and they're going to like sandals mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly but like the mob boss was coming back into town to clean up the neighbor. i don't i don't even know why he'd be leaving right now
0: so, There's also, like, yeah, along those same lines, like, my favorite joke in the movie by far is said by Gina Davis, and it was the most memorable one when I was a kid, and that was uh, when they see the plane taking off, and <laughs> yeah. Ray Quay says, is that our plane? And she says, no, if that were our plane, it would be crashing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> That's my favorite joke, too. Yeah. And I I did read – I can't remember which review it was, but there was a glowing review that came out at the time that was saying, like, you know, not only is this, like, a funny Bill Murray movie, like, Bill Murray has all these great Bill Murray jokes and he directed it and this was his project, but, like, he is pretty charitable in terms of, like – like, that could have been his joke. right But it's way funnier that it's Gina Davis. Well, yeah, and he Mm. also
2: could have cast – I mean, like, the convention is to cast – uh, an actress who doesn't have, like, the presence to p- potentially upstage the male actor, like, you know. It's like, what, it could be, like, one of these rotation of women who you basically never see or hear from again, you know, in the 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. But, like, picking Gina Davis, somebody who is, like, so good and also, like, holds her own, I mean, mm-hmm. it's great. I mean, it just, yeah, having those two
0: people to spar with
2: each other is, you know, awesome.
0: Though it would have been kind of great if they also cast Kim Cattrall (laughs) to reprise her role. (laughs) Speak a little bit of Uh, French, you know. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for this week on Rewatchability. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, And if you can like us and subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you listen to with, uh, that would be helpful as Mm -hmm. well uh there's also patreon there's also rewatchability at com. there's also the speak pipe on rewatchability.com there's a lot of ways to let us know uh what you think about these movies how are, how are you doing yeah let us know man we're worried about you yeah yeah we're
2: concerned yeah the world's gone to <laughs> shit uh we haven't checked in in a while like you guys okay
0: just give us a call it's okay <laughs> don't call us